Come on, let's give it up for the band. What a beautiful job. Thank you, praise and worship. Come on, let's put our hands together and bless the name of the Lord. Woo, and I rejoice today, for I shall recover it all. I rejoice today. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, if you do one thing before you leave here, let that one thing be to give God your best praise. You're here now, so just give God your best praise. Come on, one more time, give him your best. Let's just worship him for a moment. With my hands lifted up. With my hands lifted up. And my mouth filled with praise. Come on. There you go. I, 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 I will bless thee, oh Lord. One more time. With my hands lifted up. And my mouth filled with praise. With a heart of thanksgiving. I will bless thee, oh Lord.
today. Speak afresh in this place. The grass withers and the flowers fade away, but the word of our God will last forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Passage of scripture found in 2 Samuel chapter 6. 2 Samuel chapter 6, beginning at verse 12. It says, and I'm reading the Amplified Version, I believe. Now King David was told, the Lord has blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all that belongs to him because of the ark of God. So David went and bought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom into the city of David with rejoicing and gladness. And when those who were carrying the ark of the Lord by its poles had gone six paces, he sacrificed an ox and a fatling. And David was dancing dancing before the Lord with a great enthusiasm. And David was wearing a linen ephod, a priest's upper garment. So David and all the house of Israel were bringing the ark of the Lord up to the city of David with the shouts of joy and with the sound of the trumpet. I want to I talk for the next few moments from this team Dancing with gratitude. Dancing with gratitude. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I don't know about you, but I like to dance. At least I did in my past. Nothing wrong with dancing, with enjoying life. Nothing wrong with the excitement and enthusiasm of being out there and relaxing and rejoicing. Every now and then I can tease my wife into my office where I have my stereo and I turn it up and I make her dance with me. And she start out like she don't want to dance. But if I get out there, it's over. And don't let me put Kim Promise to Love on. Oh, Kim is a helper. Kim is the modern-day Luther. You'll get that on the way home. It's something about the word dancing, and today I'm using this dancing both literally and metaphorically because there's something about what David is doing here that gets my attention and about the gratitude and the praise and the enthusiasm with which he's doing it, so much so that later on when I come back to it, we're going to find out that he just dances out his clothes. He's so grateful for what God is doing and the opportunity that is in front of him. I think that each of us has a responsibility to learn how to live in gratitude. To learn every day to be grateful for every moment. You know, you, you, you take what you're doing right now breathing for granted until you can't breathe on your own. 
You take walking for granted until you start stumbling. You take seeing for granted until you need extra bifocals. It's so easy to take things for granted. And the simple joys of life lose meaning because you lose the spirit of gratitude. Get to the place where you just think that, eh, and everything is, eh. Ralph Waldo Emerson put it this way. Cultivate the habit of being grateful for every good thing that comes to you and give thanks continuously. And because all things have contributed to your advancement, you should include all things in your gratitude. You know, sometimes people only want to celebrate what God does that they like. They don't realize to be grateful for the things that may not have been what you like, but it was what you needed. Some people left you and you were crying and then later on you discovered had they not left you, you would not have met the person you were supposed to meet. You've got to realize that you need to cultivate a spirit of gratitude about life in general. Not big things or little things, everything. Not good things or bad things, everything. Yeah, uh, uh, you know, the word gratitude in the dictionary is, is derived from the Latin word gratia which means grace, graciousness, or gratefulness. And, and, you know, I think Hezekiah Walker had it right when they sang that song, I am grateful for the things that you have done. I'm grateful for the victories we've won. I could go on and on and on about your grace because I'm grateful, so grateful, Lord to give you praise. And then he gets to that part that says, flowing from my heart are the issues that's it, that's it. Are the issues of my heart it's gratefulness. It's gratefulness. You see, that spirit of gratitude is a, is a thankful appreciation for what an individual receives, whether tangible or intangible. And you need to give to have a thankful appreciation. You know, I know, I know, you know, some of us are getting a little older, so when you got up out of the bed this morning, you didn't jump like you used to jump. Uh, um, but thank God you were able to move. Your hair may not lay the way you want it to lay. Clothes might not fit quite the way they used to. Thank God they're still making other sizes. But you ought to be grateful. 
Now, 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 here, here, this is interesting for me because when David first attempts to bring the ark in, and you go back and read chapter 6, the complete chapter, when he first attempts to bring the ark in, they have a major catastrophe. And then the catastrophe is that a young man reaches up, Uzzah reaches up, as the ark is rocking and it's about to fall off the cart, he touches the cart and he dies. So David is kind of a little upset. He had been celebrating what God was doing and now he's upset. It's funny how when things don't go our way, we lose our praise. Yeah. It's funny how when life doesn't do what we wanted to do, and, and, and in truth, what David is experiencing, I'm going to break this down a little different. Let me see if I can break it down. And somebody say, let it be broke. Okay, come on. Yeah. Here it is. What David is experiencing is he had a problem. The ark of God was on the border with his enemies. It was in a place where it could be taken. So the problem was, how do I get the ark and move it inland closer to my stronghold where I can put troops around it? And I can make sure the ark is protected because this is the ark of God. So David comes up. He has this problem to be solved. And he comes up with a practical solution. In his mind, I'm going to get a new cart, freshly made. I'm going I'm to go ahead. I'm going to get 30,000 troops to surround by this ark to make sure it's well protected. I'm going to have everybody come out there and we're going to walk this ark on this new cart down there. He had what he thought was a practical solution until Uzzah died. Problem to solve, practical solution, problem to solve again. I'm back where I started at. Uh, problem to solve. I got a practical solution. And now I've got a problem to solve again. The, the reality is that that's sometimes how life goes. We run into situations. We think we've found a way to get around it and how to handle it only to create a new problem. And it is so easy as we go from problem, solution, problem, as we deal with life's vicissitudes of ups and downs and the imperfections and flaws and foibles of life, it is so easy to give up and say, that's it, I'm out. Drop the mic. Ain't doing this no more. Get mad at God. Here I am. I'm trying to bring your ark into your city. You killing my peoples. Here I'm trying to do something right. Now, there, there, there is, there is um, something to be said about the fact that David's practical solution 
did not meet the mandate of scripture. Because sometimes what you think is right in your own eyes and what you think should work doesn't necessarily line up what is righteousness. You see, the reality is the ark had no business being on a cart anyway. The only way it was supposed to be moved was on poles and on the shoulders of the priest. And by putting it on the cart, he put the ark in jeopardy. So he was wrong from day one. And there are times when we want to get mad at God about the dumb stuff we think of. That was never God's plan. The scripture lays it out clearly what God's plan was for moving the ark. He didn't consult the scripture. He consulted his head. An authority of one all in my own mind. Me, myself, and I, we about to make this decision. I got the power to do it. I'm going to do what I want to do. It's my thing, I'm going to do what I want to do. Woo! Come on back, come on back to church. I know some of y'all went, went somewhere else. Come on back, come on back, come on back. Here it is. Problem to solve. Practical solution. Problem to solve again. But when David comes back, after hearing about God's blessing, when, when, the, when the cart shakes and Uzzah dies, David takes the ark to the closest priest's house and he brings it there, Obed-Edom's home, and God blesses that house. And David realizes wasn't nothing wrong with the ark Something wrong with me. I thought I would tell you this. This this might come as a surprise to you. There's nothing wrong with God. Here he is, the ark of God. Everything's doing good. David said, well, I need to get this blessing closer to me. I need to do something different. And so what he does is he takes and finds out how do I really do this right. And that's when he gets the priest. And that's when they lay it out. And this time they go doing it God's way. And even though he's had a rough go, he gets right back out there puts on the priestly robe and starts dancing all over again. You make me feel like dancing. I'm dancing night away. You know, can, can, I, can I talk to you for a minute? I'm, I'm, I'm just talking this moment. How many times have you gone through stuff and stopped dancing? You had a bad conversation, so you stopped dancing. You had a rough relationship, so you 
stop dancing. You had loss in your life, so you stopped dancing. Loved one got sick, so you stopped dancing. I told you dancing is a metaphor for smiling, for living, for enjoying life, for being a part of the world. You and your spouse had an argument, so you stopped dancing. You lost your gratitude. Even for the present moment, I, I, I like my Angelo said it this way. She says, let gratitude be the pillar upon which you kneel to say your nightly prayers. And let faith be the bridge you build to overcome evil and welcome good. Every day I'm grateful. I'm grateful. It may not be what I want, but it's sure better than it could be. I, um, Mary Davis, an activist, once said these words. She says, through the eyes of gratitude, everything is a miracle. <sighs> you, you see, some of you don't see miracles because you don't have gratitude. Somebody asked me, said, Reverend, Reverend Dr. L. Bishop, why is it that I don't function in gratitude, or why do other people not function in gratitude? And uh, I'm glad you asked. You always had a right way to ask the right questions. You just. So, so, yeah, I'm going to give you a couple things. People who live in ingratitude, I'm not saying this is you. But if the shoe fits, okay. People who live in ingratitude have these things in common. Number one thing they have in common is they have a sense of entitlement. Yeah. You think that you have certain things guaranteed, certain benefits you're supposed to have. You're supposed to like me. You're supposed to be kind to me. You're serving me. You have a sense of entitlement. You know, so somebody opens the door for you and they hold the door and you walk on in. You don't even turn around and say thank you. Well, you're supposed to hold the door for me. I'm a woman. And with all the liberation stuff going on nowadays, I, I don't know if I'm holding the door, you're going to get offended. Oh, see, I, I done stepped on a toe. Let me, let me step a little harder. Listen, the problem we have is that you'll get a cup of coffee from Dunkin' Donuts and think, well, they were supposed to get coffee. I paid for coffee. Not realizing there's a human being on the other side of that counter. That did the best they could to make you the best coffee you could have so you could enjoy it today. And you and your entitled self, because you got $2.50 in your pocket, going to act like you something instead of being thankful and grateful. 
Oh, I'm, I know I'm preaching. Y'all, this is some good stuff today. Because you think you have guaranteed benefits. It's the same stuff. Excuse me, people. It's the same stuff we used to get mad at majority folk about. Because they think they're supposed to have. And now you acting just like that. Because you got to be middle class, you think you're supposed to have. And we lose gratitude. Okay, okay, maybe, maybe that wasn't you. They have a sense of enthronement. Enthronement. In other words, they're sitting on the throne of their own life. They're the captain of their own ship and the master of their own soul. Because you now are on the throne means that God can't be. And all the humility of Jesus is lost on you because you're better than Jesus. <sighs> okay, come on back. I'm almost done. I'm really, I'm, I'm, I'm going to rush. I'm going to get done. The, 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 the other one is that you have a sense of ego. And, and by ego, I simply mean that you are so self-important that you have now become conceited, narcissistic, self-important. And the reality here now is that because you think you more highly of yourself than you ought, all of a sudden you miss the joys of living in community and living every day with joy. You miss the time of living every day with joy. I'm going to hurry up, because I'll be back. I'm not done with this. So, so Reverend, what does it mean to dance with gratitude? What does it mean to dancing with gratitude? I got three things I'm going to give you, and I'm going to get out of the way. I'm going to close this message out. The Bible says now David gets up there and he's back with the, with the ark. The priests are carrying on the poles. And this time they move forward. And when they move forward, they're dancing. And then they stop and they have a worship service. They offer sacrifices to the Lord. And they give praise to God. And then they pick up and start moving forward. Because something on the inside of them wants to give God glory. Oh, listen. Number one, dancing with gratitude is the outward response to an inward effectuation. See, something on the inside of you has got to love God enough that you start loving people. 
that you become a living cross where vertically you connect to God and horizontally you connect to others because loving God is loving people. You become. See, the word says a living sacrifice. I want to change the word sacrifice to call it a living cross. Where you're connected to God, but your arms are stretched out, willing to touch everyone. Jesus said, and as often as you did this to the least of least, my little ones, you did it unto me. You were my living cross, stretched out across the face of the earth. That means I don't do that when I'm testifying. I don't do that when I'm trying to win you over to come to my church or to be in my social group. I do that every day. When I see you walking down the street, when I see you in the grocery store, when I'm at Dunkin' Donuts, wherever I am, I am a living cross. Carrying the testimony of he that loves us. And I do it with gratitude because I recognize I ain't all that good, but he is. I'm almost done, I'm almost done. Number two, number two. Dancing with gratitude is the ostentatious reaction to the inability to control the environment. See, when you get to the point that you realize you're not in control, but God is, then you start celebrating every day knowing that God is in charge and that the Lord is taking care of me and that God will be there every day. See, I get excited. I get excited. I've had so many testimonies. More like we can tell you all testimony, testimony of things we didn't know how God would work it. But every time God does it. And so you 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 have to you have to excuse me when sometimes my praise gets a little over the top and I act a little strange because I have this ostentatious reaction to the fact that God has been in control of my life and he has been blessing me above and above exceedingly and abundantly above all that I can ask or think so sometimes when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for me, my soul begins to cry out, hallelujah, thank God for saving me. You didn't have to bless me, but you did. You don't have to keep me, but you do. You're still God all by yourself. See, I, I, don't, I don't need you to look back at yesterday, but just think about what God did for you this morning. And if you can't say thank you for this morning, then you don't have any gratitude in your life. Because somebody didn't get up this morning, but you did. 
Somebody couldn't feed themselves, but you could. Somebody couldn't take air into their lungs independently, but you were able to take air in and breathe that air out. You were able to move and have activity of the limbs that you have on your body. You've got a reason and a right and a responsibility to be outrageous in your praise because God's been too good to you not to say thank you. Too good. So I, I close with this last word. And, uh, and this last one is essentially the same as number two, but it's, it's just one more thing about God that I like. You see, people that praise God and that dance with gratitude have the opportunity to realize the immutableness of Elohim. And someone gonna say, Reverend, what in the world? You and these big words, what the immutable, what? Just look at somebody and tell them, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. You serve a God that is not changing. He's not going to change. When he saved you, he loved you. When you messed up, he still loved you. When you were doing right, he loved you. When you were doing wrong, he loved you. He went with you into the pit and picked you up out of the pit. He'll go with you into the valley, into the hedges, and highways, his love is immutable. He still cares about you. And there's a reason to dance every day and to walk in gratitude every day. Because as Elias Sewer, that great prophetess of God once said, you need to learn how to take it step by step and realize that every step is a miracle and that God has blessed you and live in gratitude every day step by step and every step a miracle you're 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 a miracle you shouldn't even be here, but you are a miracle. Live in gratitude for the miraculous things God has done. Come on, praise him. Come on, praise him. Come on, praise him. Come on, praise him. Thank you, God. I'm grateful.
after all you've been through, you should be crazy. You should be, you should be running around. But you look up now. And you just look around and say, look what the Lord has done. The world thought they got me down. They thought I wasn't going to make it. But here I am. Here I stand. Here I am. And I'm grateful to God for all the things he's done. I'm grateful. I'm grateful. I'm grateful. And I'm going to dance. I'm going to dance. I'm going to dance with gratitude. Every day of my life. Every day of my life. I'm going to dance with gratitude. Hey, I may have been through some things. But it ain't going to stop my praise. I may have to go to the doctor, but it ain't going to stop my praise. May have needed surgery, but it ain't going to stop my praise. May have been up and sometime down, but it ain't going to stop my praise. I've had some problems and some hills, but it ain't going to stop my praise. I've had people come to me and people go away from me, but it ain't going to stop my praise. You can stop your praise. Maybe he ain't been as good to you as he's been to me. But there's nothing can stop my praise. I'm going to keep on dancing. I'm, I'm out of here. I'm out of here. I know I got clothes, but. When I think of his goodness and what he's done for me. How he bled and died back on Calvary. Anybody know what comes next? I can dance, 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 dance. All night. I love you all with the love of the Lord. I'm so glad you're here today. I'm, I'm just getting started with this. As we enter into this Thanksgiving season, I want you to know I want you to begin to look around this week and practice gratitude for everything. Take nothing for granted. Nothing for granted. I've been married for 34 years. My wife has never set a plate of food in front of me and didn't hear me effusively thank her. 34 years, what you still thinking? Because you don't have to. You don't have to bless me. I know you're married, but you don't have to be nice. You don't hear me. Some of us take it for granted like we entitled. I got papers on you, and? I love that, to God be the glory. Dance with gratitude every day of your life. Every day of your life. Every day. I'm not telling you to do something I don't do. Anybody around me, 
will tell you this is who I am. Anyone come in my contact knows I'm just grateful. Grateful to meet you. Grateful to be in your presence. Grateful for the love of God. Grateful. I love you all. I want to extend an invitation. Maybe there's somebody here that is not a part of this fellowship and you say, hey, I want to be a part of that church. And maybe you're online and you say, look, I want to be a part of that fellowship there. And if that's you, I want to welcome you now. If you're interested in becoming part of this fellowship, lift your hands up. One of the ushers is going to come to you right now and they're going to give you some information and we want to talk to you if you're interested in becoming a part of this fellowship. If you're online, the email address is there and you, you can call me or if you're on Facebook or even on YouTube, direct message us right now and we will get right back to, uh, to you. DM us. We want to be in touch with you. We want to know you. We want you to be a part of this fellowship. We do. Come on, give God a praise. You may be seated in the sanctuary. Want to give you an opportunity to get your offerings and gifts together as unto the Lord. And my gratitude to God knows no bounds and it, it extends in my giving and our giving. And so get your offering together. And as you get your offering together, if you're giving online, you can do it through Cash App or through Givelify. Or you can, if you're online and you want to mail it in, you can mail it in to us here at P.O. Box 929, New London, Connecticut. And uh, get your gifts together. And on the way out this morning, ask you just to put them in the tray as you're about to leave. But I want to bless them now. Your tithes, your offering, your capital gifts. Because as you give unto God, God blesses you. It is an act of gratitude. It is an act of gratitude. You know, um, I, I someone was talking about there's thing about tithing and not tithing, and I tell everybody tithe, learn how to be a giver. Um, and uh, and I remember a story told by Dr. Wyatt T. Walker. And he went to a Jewish uh, rabbi and said to the rabbi, he said, I know you have to have some great tithing sermons. And um, and the rabbi said, No, I don't. He said, what do you mean? You teach the tithe, I teach the tithe. He said, he said, that's in the teachings. He said, but if I taught everybody just to tithe, my offering would go down. God's just been too good to give a tenth. Wait over your head, wait over your head. You see, some of us want to reach what we think is the law, the rule. But you got to bless God according to how God has blessed you. If you've been blessed, you need to bless even more. Don't just stop at the tithe. Give in the offering. Preach, Watts. Let's pray. <laughs> Father, we love you. We thank you for giving and givers. And we ask that you bless us.
God, as we give our tithes, our offering, our capital stewardship gifts, we thank you for restoring finances and elevating homes. We thank you for scholarships. We thank you for job opportunities. We thank you for job advancements. We thank you even now, God, for raises. We thank you for bonuses at this end of the year time. We thank you, God, that money cometh unto us in such a way it'll be pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall men heap unto our bosom because we, God, are the children of God and obedient to God and live in gratitude to our great God. In Jesus' name, amen.